Welcome to the Make Money Behave podcast, where we talk about your money, your circumstances, and the small changes in your behavior that will have a big impact on both. My name is Maria Casillas, and I am honored to be your host. If you don't know what you don't know, you don't know what you can ask. Welcome back to the Make Money Behave podcast. I'm Maria Casillas, and so glad that you have decided to join me today. That quote that I just gave you is actually one that I heard on another podcast the other day, and it absolutely immediately jumped out at me. The reason I think that you might know why it jumped out at me, especially if you're a longtime listener, is because you know how important it is to me to teach you how to ask questions, and not just any questions, the right questions. As I try to empower my clients to live in alignment with who they actually want to become, to let their money plans become in alignment with who they want to become. Part of the way that we do that, part of the way that I empower them to actually go out and do it themselves rather than just relying on me all the time, is to teach them to ask questions, the right questions. So when I heard this amazing individual state, When you don't know what you don't know, you don't know what questions to ask. I thought, bingo, that's absolutely correct. So I ask you today, how do you know what questions to ask if you don't know what you don't know? Let's start with the most obvious approach. If you don't know what you don't know, and that's what you need to find out in order to ask the right questions, then let's start right there. Let's figure out what is it that you don't know? Now you might be thinking, well, hello, (laughs) if I don't know what I don't know, how on earth am I going to actually figure that out? And I know I'm making this sound a little bit like a puzzle. I certainly don't mean to do that. I just want you to start thinking about what question do you want an answer to? And then what information are you missing in order to even know what that question is? So for example, if you come to me and say, hey, Maria, how do I put together a spending plan or a budget, if that's the word that you like to use? My question is going to be, why do you want to do that in the first place? What is your underlying reason for wanting to be intentional with your money? Now, if you don't know the answer to that, the underlying reason, the, the why behind, hey, how do I do this? then I'm not going to be able to answer your question super well. Now, I could throw at you some generalized information that you could easily Google and find for free on the internet. Uh, You know, here's how you do a zero-sum budget. Here's how you do a percentage-based budget. Here's how you do a pay-yourself-first budget. I could teach you all of that, and yet it wouldn't be valid for you. It wouldn't be valuable because you don't even know why you want to do it in the first place. So unless we start to say, here's why I want to do what I want to do, then we're never going to really need to get to how you do it anyway. Now you'll notice that I didn't necessarily need you to answer the question why yet. I mean, I will. I will want you to answer that question why. The point of this is to let you realize that you didn't even know that you needed to ask the question why before you came and asked, how do I do a budget? And so this goes to that whole idea of if you don't know what you're missing, if you don't know what you don't know, then you're not going to know the right questions to ask. And so my job is to help reverse engineer and unpack if here's where you want to end up and here's the information you think you want, 
Let's unpack that a little bit, reverse engineer and say, okay, so what other questions do you need to ask? Because in order to find the information that you need, in order to know the right questions. So it's like, it's like this giant, you know, circular thinking pattern. And yet, if you have somebody to help unpack that for you, it becomes a lot less confusing than what it even just sounds like as I'm talking this out with you today. That is one of the major benefits of having a coach because when you just need to talk, you think that you're just talking, but if you're working with a good coach, somebody who's actually in tune with who you are and what you're trying to accomplish, somebody who knows how to listen in order to understand and not listen in order to respond, you're going to have the experience of allowing somebody to Basically take a mirror and and reflect back to you what it is that you're saying and how it's coming across so that you can start to unpack and reverse engineer the things that are going around in your head. So when you walk out of a coaching session, a good coaching session, and listen to me when I tell you, they are not all good ones just so you know. There are a lot of coaches out there who will actually listen to respond, which basically means that They kind of have this pre-canned response already, and they're just waiting to have you either ask the question in just the right way so that they can throw that response out there, or they're trying to figure out how do they twist what you just said in order to make their canned response good and valid in that moment, rather than really just putting all of their preconceived notions aside, all of their presumptions aside, and just listening for the purpose of understanding where you're coming from and reflecting back to you so that you know you were heard, you know that you were understood, and you also are empowered to take that information, that understanding, and do something with it, actually take action on it. I diverted a little bit to let you know what a good coaching session looks like, Uh, but let's just say that you get through to a good coach and that person helps you to just unpack some of the stuff that's jumbled up in your head and you're like, I don't even know the right questions to ask right now. They can help you unpack that and know here's the piece that's missing. So let's go ahead and fix that piece first and then you'll know what the right questions are to ask. You know, one of the little habits that I've gotten into when I talk to somebody is to specifically ask at least two questions even if I think I know the answer to them. That does two things for me. One, it totally sets me up to ask this third question, at least the third question that I'm going to share with you in just a minute. And two, sometimes I receive information that I had no idea about. So if I ask a question that I think I know the answer to and I still throw it out there, you guys, like nine times out of 10, I'm getting information that I'm like, oh, I did know the answer, but it was a very shallow understanding. Or boy, now I actually have, um, you know, a deeper understanding of that. Or I have more information than I even thought that I knew. Or it's just a completely different way of looking at it. And you know what? My husband doesn't listen very often, so I can probably get away with saying this. Sometimes I'm totally wrong. (laughs) Yep, it's there, it's recorded, and if he ever gets a hold of this, I'll deny that it was me. Um, But in all reality, sometimes we're wrong with what we believe. And so even though we think we have the answer, I've made it a habit to go ahead and put the question out there anyway, just in case I'm a little bit off. So, um, So it does that. The first thing I said that it does is it sets me up for this final question that I always make sure that I ask. And that question is, 
Is there any question that I haven't yet asked you that I should have? Now, you guys, what that does is two things. Well, probably more than that. I don't know. I obviously just shoot from the hip of this podcast, so I don't have any notes written down. Um, So if it's more than two things, I forgive myself here. It at least says to them, you are the expert in this particular area. And so it, it encourages them, it empowers them to feel good about providing information for you. So that's really nice because if they feel empowered and they feel encouraged by you, they're gonna show up and be... Um, more helpful. Let's, let's go with that. They're going to show up and serve you better. The other thing that it does is it becomes an all encompassing question. So if you've asked two or more questions that are very direct about whatever topic it is that you're talking about, and those questions are answered, you might've already gotten a little bit more information. Like I just mentioned a few seconds ago, or you might've gotten a different understanding or a deeper understanding of something. And also this this encompassing, all encompassing question allows you to go, oh, I'm, I'm totally missed that. I, I, or, oh yeah, I, I was going to ask that and I totally forgot. Thank you for letting me know. It sets them up as the expert because listen, what did we say at the beginning of this podcast? If you don't know what you don't know, you don't know what to ask. And so this whole, is there any question that I should have asked that I haven't yet asked? That allows the expert, them, to tell you, here's what you didn't know you didn't know. You guys, it's an amazing technique and I encourage you to try using it next time you're trying to talk about anything that's new. I'll give you a quick example and guess what? Bonus, it's actually a money related thing. I know I don't always do that. So we are in the process of doing a, well, a couple things. One, we're doing a HELOC and two, we're also doing a refi. So um, for those of you who are like, what in the world is she doing both of those at once for? Just trust me when I say it was in our best interest to do both. Um, And we can totally talk about that. If you decide you want to have a real understanding of why I'm doing what I'm doing, feel free to go to chatwithmc.com, set up an appointment, and I'd be happy to chat with you about that. But for right now, let's just use this as an example. When I am talking to the broker about different options that we have, whether it is, is this what our new payment is going to be? Are the terms going to stay the same? What will the new interest rate be? You know, all of these things. And then a a deeper understanding of how it's going to work. Um, If you don't know a whole lot about amortization, then that might be a really important question to ask. How will this loan be amortized? Uh, What is that cost going to be? What's the opportunity going to be? You just, there's all these different uh, questions that you can ask. And at the end of that, I always say, what question did I not ask you that I should be? And sometimes they say, you got it. Like, you know, I, there's nothing that you didn't ask. You were very thorough. I appreciate the conversation and they move on. Sometimes they say, oh, well, you know, there might be this that you want to consider. And oh, okay. Uh, For example, the amortization that actually just happened. We've been in our current home for just over one year. And with this refi, we have the opportunity to either keep it as is or to re-amortize the entire loan. So if we are going to go on to a 30-year fix, for example, uh, and we were on that before, then it would be like adding another year to the loan. But we could, in this particular instance, say, no, 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 let's go ahead and amortize it over 29 years or 28 years, or we can even choose, I think, 15 or 12 or you know, 20 years if we want to. 
I didn't know that I had the ability to do the choice part unless I asked the question about, is it going to be amortized the same way? Um, when I asked that and then said, is there anything else I need to know? That's when he said, yes, there is one more thing you need to know. And it's that you can choose the amortization schedule for that loan. So does that make sense? Like if I don't know what it is that I'm missing, then I'm really not quite sure what questions to ask. And the way that I empower my clients is to give them the tools to know how to figure out what questions to ask so that they're not feeling like they need to run to me every time they're needing to make a decision. I'm definitely here for them in the meantime, whether it's just to have their back or to provide some accountability. But my goal for my clients is for them to not need me anymore. It's kind of like my goal for my kids. I love them and I want them to stick around as long as they would like to stick around. But I don't want them to stick around because they are needy, because they need everything that I have to offer them. I want them to stick around for the relationship. And that's the same way with my clients as well. I like to maintain healthy relationships with my clients, but not in not where they have to come to me for every little decision. That's what true empowerment is. And part of that empowerment process is to learn the right questions to ask. You guys, I really appreciate you tuning in today. I hope that all of this circular thinking and back and forth didn't confuse you too much. I just wanna recap by saying, one of the best ways to avoid not knowing what you don't know is to ask the expert, what is it that I have not yet asked you that I should? As always, you guys, thanks so much for tuning in today. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.